The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to The Real Deal with Danielle Delaney. In the next hour, you'll hear from some phenomenal people and healthcare leaders and learn how their challenges became opportunities. Our goal is to show you how you can positively influence your own life experience and purpose and achieve success. And now, here is your host, Danielle Delaney. Hello, and welcome to The Real Deal with Danielle Delaney. I'm your host, Dr. Danielle Delaney, and I'm also the author of a new book, titled Expect Delays, How to Reclaim Your Life, Light, and Soul After Trauma. You can check that out at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, pretty much anywhere that books are sold. And if you really want to order it, go to expectdelaysbook.com for more information or go to my website, daniellelaneycounseling.com. Today, I have a very exciting guest, and I'd like to tell you a little bit about him. I actually have two guests, but my first guest is Rocky Rosen, who is known as the Cigarette Whisperer. I first became aware of Rocky Rosen, the Cigarette Whisperer, when he was a guest on the Emmy Award-winning daytime syndicated show here in the United States, um, Dr. Travis Stork and The Doctors, and I've also been on The Doctors. So I became of Rocky, and I want to tell you a little bit about him. Rocky describes himself as having been been a diehard, gotta quit, can't quit, must quit, won't quit, desperate to quit, tried everything there is to quit, but never going to quit smoker, who had, has helped many, many people stop smoking over, over many years. And with his approach, there are no gimmicks, no drugs, no hypnosis, no nicotine replacements, and no BS. So Rocky was smoking up to two packs a day for over 20 years, tried numerous ways to stop smoking, from nicotine replacement, acupuncture, hypnosis, injections, aversion therapy therapy, support groups. He did it all. And although he was able to get some time off of cigarettes, once even up to two years off of cigarettes, eventually that urge to smoke would reappear and Rocky would find was right back to smoking as much as ever. So the technique, technique that he teaches his clients is how to use the urges to smoke as a way to get free instead of always trying to fight and ignore and deny those urges that creep up after they stop. So um, I'm going to ask you a few questions, Rocky. Welcome to my show. Well, thank you, Danielle. Hi, everybody. Hi. I'm delighted to have you, and I'm just amazed that you have quit after being a 20-year, two-pack-a-day smoker. I mean, that's incredible, and I rarely hear stories like that. Well, I'm amazed, too. (laughs) (laughs) You should be. You should be. Now, why do people still smoke? I mean, it's just all over the place, Center for Disease Control. We see the messages everywhere. I don't even want to be behind anybody who's smoking out their hand out a car window or walking. I feel like it's an assault on my senses, but I get it. It's a free country, you know, so far. Well, so let's, you know, number uh, one, I always say, hate the cigarettes, love the smoker. There you, you know, go. Well, um, I don't know these people, so <laughs> sorry. I try to live well, my life with even, love, but I have so, asthma. I have asthma, and, and, and I find and it hard. I don't put myself in situations where if I don't have to where people are smoking, but I don't walk, you know, I, I, don't, I don't 
put anybody down for their smoking either. No, I don't want to um, put anyone down. It's just hard to walk down Hollywood Boulevard and I'm inhaling it. So it's, it's something no, in I my agree. life. I have I relatives who smoke that I love. What, why are people still smoking? Because they got addicted when they were kids. You know, mm. we start off smoking as, you know, we go from a non-smoker where we become a social smoker. Mm-hmm. And everybody who smokes started off socially, mm-hmm. uh, hanging out with their friends, wanting to be cool, wanting to be hip. Um, and, and these are all, all many different ages, too, but mostly in the teenage years. Mm-hmm. And what happens is we go from a, a social smoker where we cross this addicted line, where we cross this invisible line where I don't care if my friends are around or not, but I want a cigarette or I need a cigarette. And now mm-hmm. we become an addicted smoker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The reason why they're still smoking is they're addicted to nicotine. Well, it's a drug. Uh, the it's addictive a drug. substance found in tobacco. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a hard addiction to kick. And there's... And we, we'll talk about that as we go on with this, but the reason why is because they're hooked. They're hooked. They're hooked. And yeah. it's, it's really sad to see because I, you know, working in addiction and recovery as an aftercare counselor and working with trauma and adults molested as children, all sorts of trauma, life transitions, whether it's a divorce or retirement or any life stage transition, I work as a counselor with so many different types of people. And even when it's um, addiction and recovery, it seems that's the last kind of the last frontier, the final frontier that they want to quit smoking or they're still smoking and it's sort of the least of their worries, so they think, considering the well, other want, drugs. Do you want to know, you know, first of all, it's also the first addiction they got into, too. True, um, true. They talk about marijuana or beer as being the gateway drugs. It's really tobacco. Mm. If you talk to most addicts, what's the first drug you did? They'll tell you it was a cigarette. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. do you want to know why people think it's tougher to stop smoking than doing drugs and alcohol? I was actually going to ask you that, yes. Why do people say that's harder to stop? Because, you know, with drugs and alcohol, we have a threefold addiction. We have the physical craving, the mental mm-hmm. obsession, plus the spiritual malady. If you ask anybody who got sober what the day was like the day before they got sober, they'll tell you it was horrendous. Mm. They, uh, they hit an amazing bottom. They were, you know, with drugs and alcohol, we lose our reputations, we lose our jobs, we lose our families, we lose everything. True. Cigarettes don't have that spiritual malady mm. where you lose everything. You know, people aren't smoking on, on the street, people going, oh, look at that drug addict. But, and so without mm-hmm. that spiritual malady, without losing the job, the family, because of their smoking, that's why people think it's tougher to stop smoking and doing drugs and alcohol. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just an insidious, insidious trap. This is true. This is very true. And, and I don't mean to be hateful towards smokers. I really don't. I'm just trying to breathe. And oh, I know. with asthma. I know. And, they know, and they know that too. But they know they that. understand it. They feel terrible, but you know what? They're trapped. Yeah, and it's, it's, they are trapped. And I have family members I would love to see stop smoking because of the disease that comes with it as well as the stigma. I just, you know, I just want the best for them and their health. And it's, it's just well, hard to watch. It is hard to watch. I'll have them off in three days. Yeah, I know you will. I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm steering them that direction. Trust me, I've seen your track record, which is pretty, pretty stellar. Now, can you tell me what does the Center for Disease Control say about smoking? Oh, boy. Okay. All right. The CDC, which is not an anti-smoking establishment, mm-hmm. all they do is they take information and dispense, you know, go through the information. They dispense the facts. The CDC mm-hmm. says smoking is the sing- tobacco is the single largest cause in this nation mm-hmm. of premature death. Did you say the largest? I'm sorry. Could you repeat that? The CDC talks about smoking as being the single largest cause of premature death, preventable disease, and preventable disabilities. Wow. 
the numbers are, are astounding. These aren't my numbers. This is the CDC's number. Mm-hmm. They say over 443,000 people die prematurely each year from smoking. Mm-hmm. Um, to put that in a perspective where somebody can see that more people die each year from smoking-related causes than people who die in fire, suicide, homicide, auto accidents, plane crashes, train wrecks, all other drug and alcohol abuse, every American who died in World wow. War II, wow. and HIV combined. Combined? Combined. That's incredible. That's incredible statistics. Yeah. Well, that is an incredible statistic, but that's just the truth. Mm-hmm. According to the CDC, not according to Rocky Rosen. <laughs> yeah, you're not making <laughs> it up. No. That much I know. That much I know. Now, are the smoking numbers going down with all of the all of the publicity about it? Because I know that these e-cigarettes are unsafe, but I know that I have clients who start vaping and then they move to other things. So explain that a little bit to me. Well, it has been going down up until the invent, the uh, advent of e-cigarettes. Mm. And uh, what they're finding is kids who will start with the e-cigarettes within a year are, are smoking cigarettes. Mm. Um, you know, let's talk about e-cigarettes for a second. Let's talk about the addictive substance in tobacco. One of the things I'm trying very hard to bring to everybody's attention is what is nicotine. Look, you're a very intelligent woman. You've Thank got you. your doctorate. Do you know what nicotine is? I do. Did, did I, was this because we talked about it? No, because I know these things. <laughs> because I what, do you, what, do you, what, what is nicotine? It's a, it's a highly addictive drug is what it is. Do you want to know what it really is in the dictionary? By all means. It's an insecticide. Oh, yes, it is an insecticide. Yes, that's correct. And it's that's one, scary. It's one, of the most, it's one of the most lethal substances on earth. Um, and when people are vaping, when people are smoking... All they're doing all day long is insecticiding themselves. Mm. And you wonder why you don't feel good. You wonder why you might feel run down. Your chest is tight. Your throat is sore. It's because you're continuously insecticiding yourself. Mm. If you wear the nicotine patch, you notice that when you take it off, your, your skin is red. It feels bruised. It's because mm-hmm. you've been wearing a patch of insecticide. Mm. Um, when you vape, you notice that tingle on the back of your throat. It's like squirting raid directly to the back of your throat. Oh. I can't imagine what is a safe amount of insecticide to keep inhaling or wearing. I can't imagine. I mean, Rocky, that's terrifying to hear. And I'll tell you, when I was a kid at Bel Air Church, doing the things I would do, running around with these kids who were sometimes a very bad influence, I remember going to church camp and trying uh, clothes cigarettes. And I always say, if I smell them, oh, that reminds me of church camp, and people laugh. But I found them less offensive than regular cigarettes, but I hear they're even worse for you. And thank goodness I didn't get hooked on them or Well, nobody really gets hooked on clothes cigarettes. You know, people will smoke clothes, but they won't smoke medicine. Many of them. Why is that? Um, well, because it doesn't have the addictive substance of nicotine. It oh. burns. It's, it, I guarantee you the friends you grew up with who were smoking closed cigarettes, if you call them today, they're not smoking closed cigarettes anymore. I doubt they it. May or may I don't not think that smoking, they are. They're all very healthy clothes. now, most of them. But, the, yeah. but it still had that scratch to the throat, and I had the asthma and that burning of the nostrils. And I, it, it was a very short-lived thing for me. I don't even think my parents knew about this. My dad's a cardiologist. But it's, uh, well, we it's hide just, these things. We the hide time, these things. So, you know, yes. kids hide things. And I think you're right. I mean, I know you're right because you know your business. But it really was the first thing I ever tried before I slipped into trying other things and more experimenting with other things I wasn't supposed to be doing. It started with something like that because it was the easiest to get. And it was, um, you know, we could hide it. And it didn't have these after effects that we had to hide like drugs do. So it's, it's really just a scary thing. And watching, I have had a client in her 20s who was going through a really, really, really 
difficult and painful divorce, just like we just had tax time here in April that everybody's stressed out, it's, it was her first go-to was, well, I've started vaping. And I would say, you've got to do that outside. And she would tell me, oh, it's the same thing that comes off of your candles in your house that you have lit. And I said, no, it is not. And you're going to have no, to do it on the balcony because I can't breathe it. And I've just watched her progress. And sure enough, the next session, she needed to step outside to smoke cigarettes about a week later. And it progressed right. very quickly. And it's just, it's hard to watch. What do you tell people? In order to get them what to What do I stop. tell people what? In order to get them to, to pay attention to their health and to stop. How do you begin this process? I mean, I'm not asking well, you to reveal your trade secret, but how do you kind of... Oh, it's very it? simple. Let me, let me give you the whole secret to quitting. Don't like the next one. It's stopping is simple. <laughs> it's just not easy. It's simple, uh, What do I easy. tell people? Yeah, when a do. person calls me, they're calling me because they have two things in mind. Mm-hmm. That they don't want to smoke and that they have to stop. And that's where I was. I knew I didn't want to smoke. I knew I had to quit, but I kept on smoking. So the two big lies are, I don't want to smoke, I have to stop. The truth about those of us who are addicted to tobacco isn't Mm -hmm. that we don't want to smoke. The truth is we do want to smoke at times. We just don't want to suffer the consequences. Mm. Most stop-smoking methodologies are designed to try to make the urge to smoke go away. Whatever you got to do, you got to fight it, you got to hide it, you got to ignore it, you got to deny it. But the truth is, urges keep coming. Mm-hmm. So what I do is I teach my clients how to use the urge, not fight the urge. And next is how never to feel deprived by them understanding they never have to stop smoking. When somebody calls me, they're calling me saying, I've got to quit. And the truth is, if you had to quit, you would have quit already. It mm-hmm. isn't that you, know, you can't smoke. You can smoke. You may get sick. You may hate yourself. Your, your reputation can suffer. You may die a death you don't want to die. But you never have to stop smoking. So mm-hmm. it's all about not repressing the urges, but using the urges mm-hmm. and how not to feel deprived. Mm-hmm. One of the things I have my clients do that I did after I stopped smoking is we still carry cigarettes with us. So we you still carry, I'm sorry, what was that? Smoke. You still carry cigarettes with you? I've, I've got a rambunctious dog, excuse me, Bo just wanted <laughs> to say hi to everybody. What was the question? I said, did you say you, they, you still carried cigarettes with you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. You want to know why? Yes, because it seems counterproductive. That's interesting. Well, everything I do is counterproductive, whatever this, what the regular smoking cessation is about. Hmm. When a person who smokes doesn't have cigarettes, all they think about is cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When they have cigarettes with them, they think about everything else in a cigarette when the thought occurs. So people, when they try to quit smoking, they'll throw away their cigarettes, but all they're doing is obsessing on cigarettes. Mm-hmm. And the truth is... You can't throw them away. They're all around you, 24-7. That's true. The availability, um, it's everywhere. It's true. It's everywhere. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and you, and, and you can get them anytime you want to. Mm-hmm. So why not carry them with you? Know that you're bigger than the cigarettes instead of the cigarettes being bigger than you. We're mm-hmm. internet radio, right? Yes. Yes, the um, world leader in internet radio, actually. What's that? Can I use a little blue language? You can. We're in 125 countries and maybe 4 okay. million years listening, so be careful. <laughs> I will. I, I always say cigarettes are shaped perfectly. Um, they're little pricks that want to hurt people. <laughs> that's just People color. love that's them. Fine. <laughs> that's cigarettes true. don't know they exist. And let me talk to you about this, too. If I were talking to a client, I would ask them, who or what in your life comes first? Mm. And they'll often tell me, it's their significant other it's their children, it's their job, it's themselves, and they're wrong. For a smoker, what comes first before everything and everyone else are their cigarettes. Mm. 
That's really sad. And they never gave in, and they never gave cigarettes permission to no. come before everything else. Nobody would want that. Nobody would want that to come because before their loved ones. And it's, I mean, it's clear who would want this. Who would want yellow teeth and bad breath and wrinkled skin and people cringing away from you as I'm trying to walk down the street or stand on my balcony or what have you? Nobody was looking for that, I'm sure. And so that's why I, I agree with you. Don't hate the smoker, hate the cigarette. So I, exactly I think that's right. really, really true. And. Um, it's an education for me because it's something that I deal with so often with the aftercare and addiction and recovery. And then, of course, there's your friends that are just socially smoking, and I didn't know they did that until they do. And it's just, you know, it's one of those things that it really is a tough, tough thing to approach and a tough thing to, to talk to people about and to express your feelings about without sounding like you're accusing them or, or judging them. And, you know, so many people we've lost recently, there was that component of unhealthy living, drugs, or cigarettes. Tell me a little bit about that. I am haunted by a phone call I got 17 years ago from this woman. Really? Who said, I heard about you from my doctor. I need to come see you. I said, great. And she said, I'll have my personal assistant call you. We'll set up an appointment. Hmm. A week, I never heard from the personal assistant. A week later, I get a phone call from her again. I really need to see you. It's desperate. When can I see you? Well, yeah, I can see you today. Great. I'll have my assistant call you. Hmm. 17, I never hear back. I called once or twice after that. 17 years later, Carrie Fisher has a heart attack on an airplane and is dead. Oh, you know, that's last year, heartbreaking, Rocky. That does have to haunt you because... I mean, every life matters. Every single person on this planet counts. That woman was such a bright light and so talented, and as were so many we lost this year, but she seriously, as a writer, as a performer, as an actor, as everything, she was just so above and beyond. Uh, and I'm haunted to think by that. That, that could have changed her life. We lost, we lost, let's see, and they, and they don't talk about this with them. No, they don't. Uh, we lost David Bowie. We lost Glenn Fry. We lost Alan Thicke. We lost George Michael. We lost Carrie Fisher. All smokers. Now, granted, mm-hmm. a lot of them was abused drugs, too. Mm-hmm. And let me make something very plain. Smoking does not cause all death and disease. Mm-hmm. But smoking will promote any diseases our body are susceptible to. So you think about Bowie's liver cancer. He hadn't drank in 30 years or done drugs in 30 years. Mm. Um, but the smoking certainly hastened it. Um, Glenn Fry with his rheumatic arthritis. Um, Alan Thick, Carrie Fisher with her heart attacks. George Michael with, with his, too. Um, it's, and the thing about smoking is there's no positive to it other than a moment of relief. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It doesn't get you high. It doesn't make you feel better about yourself. It does, unless you're 13, 14, 15 and want to be cool. Mm-hmm. I, don't know many 20, I don't know many people in their late 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s who think they're cool because they're smoking. Well, I would imagine if they're spending their time with smokers, sometimes it's sort of if you can't beat them, join them, much like drinking. It's, um, it's, also, it's always a, a component of who you surround yourself with, too, I would imagine. That's got to have but something my mother to do would say if, And my mother who died of smoking, I always say about mm. mom, um, mom was a Benson and Hedges smoker okay. her entire life. Mm. But until they came out with Eves, and she switched to Eves immediately because her name was Eve, and she, her joke was, I smoked so much, they named a brand after me. Oh. And I always talk about mom, you know, my mom finally stopped smoking after her ashes cooled. And that's just the reality of it. Oh. Smoking, it takes you out in ways you can't even dream or fathom about being taken out. No. 
It's, it's really painful to watch. I've lost some friends to lung cancer who also lost their parents to lung cancer. And right. that's when I decided, when I, when I saw you and the doctors and when I've heard, you know, when we, we've met and talked, and I thought, you know, I just think this is such an important show to do because, first of all, my father being a heart, a heart doctor, being a cardiologist and being president of the National Medical Association, I feel a responsibility to continue to pay that message forward. There's healthcare disparities all around the world, but also just cardiac disease, heart disease, is also one of the number one causes of death among African-Americans uh, and just among people that I've known over my li- the course of my life. I have lost so many people to cancer and to lung cancer when their parents also died from lung cancer. And these are people of all races, colors, ages. It's just that showed me that people aren't stopping even though they know the dangers. So By the way. So really hard to watch. Hmm. Do you want to know what the most evil brand in America is? Tell me. American Spirits. Why is that? Because they claim to be healthy? They they try to push themselves off as not being evil. Yeah, that's awful. That's a safer alternative. That's awful. You know, when you take a drag, if I can, when you take a drag off a cigarette, Mm -hmm. when you combust tobacco, it breaks down to over 4,000 different compounds. Every brand that goes for American Spirits, too. Mm. And in in those compounds, they find formaldehyde, arsenic, cyanide, heavy metals like cadmium. I just had a client last week who was actually, and the first time I've been doing this for 30 years, she had cadmium poisoning from her smoking, oh. the heavy metal. There are minute amounts of radioactive material when you ignite tobacco that circulate through the body, and this is where the epidemiologists believe cancers originate from, from these free radical radioactive materials circulating through the body and the bloodstream getting caught in an organ and starting to irradiate it. But American Spirits, they don't add one ingredient that other tobacco companies do. They don't rat poison their tobacco because mm. vermin thrive in tobacco plantations. Mm-hmm. So since they don't rat poison it like Marlboro will rat poison their tobacco, mm. when a person smokes an American spirit, what they're getting is a lot more rat urine, rat feces, and rat afterbirth in their cigarettes. That's an added ingredient. Oh, don't talk God. About. That's horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> that is, is horrifying. It, I just had a know, visceral reaction to that. Yeah, well, as most of my clients do, and I work with a lot of people in Hollywood, and everybody in Hollywood smokes American Spirits. Uh, and to me, it's the most evil brand in America. Well, I think you're right. I think you're right. It's, it's right up there for sure. It's very scary. Now, we only have a few minutes left. I would love for you to give out your information where people can reach you, how they can find you, whether it's social media or a, a web address or your phone number. Go ahead and throw that out there before we continue. All right. We've got my Facebook page, which is Rocky Rosen. I have two websites, RockyRosen.com or TheCigaretteWhisperer.com. Okay. I work one-on-one with my clients. I also have my entire program on a website, which is TheCigaretteWhisperer.com. I always do a free consultation. But most importantly, I am, I'm approachable. My phone number is 818-961-6978. And if you want to grab pencil and paper, again, it's 818 818- Nine six one six nine seven eight. I'm not anti-smoking. I don't care if people smoke or not. I'm on no mission from God <laughs> to get people who don't want to quit smoking to quit. I'm only here for people who really wish they didn't smoke anymore. And if you wish you didn't want to smoke, I'm here to help you. I think that's perfect. And I have another question for you because we still yes, have a couple ma'am. minutes. And I'm just fascinated by what you do. Is this hookah stuff that I mean, I see all these little hookah bars around Hollywood and West Hollywood. Is that the same thing? Tobacco. Still blowing smoke? It's tobacco. Mm-hmm. 
Listen, let me, let me make something very plain. For some people, let's talk about the two things people are smoking mainly. We're talking, let's talk about tobacco and let's talk about marijuana. Mm-hmm. Marijuana, for some people, is a medicine. Mm-hmm. Tobacco is always a poison. And what makes it always a poison is the fact is that it has nicotine. Yes. And nicotine in and of itself is an insecticide. Mm. And there's just That's- no way around that. It's really good to know because I thought these hookah places, it's appealing to these kids, these flavored e-cigs, it's appealing to these kids. Well, and you're exactly right, that's when started. it starts. Well, my stepson who has asthma started going to hookah bars. Mm-hmm. He's a very well-known chef in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Um, and he got hooked, and he smokes mm-hmm. cigarettes. Oh. And again, I'm, 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 not, yeah, I'm here for him if he says, I wish I didn't smoke. Right. And that's the, that's the first step. Now, what's the biggest obstacle to stopping smoking? That's my last question for you because that's really important. Calling me. <laughs> the rest is simple. <laughs> so the biggest obstacle is to not calling you. To, is not calling the you. biggest obstacle is to be able to pick up the phone and say, I need help. Okay, so much And the like reason I know that's such a big obstacle is because how many times I made that call myself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because you've been there. You've lived this. I mean, 20 years you were smoking. That's amazing. I, I was on a 10-year mission to stop smoking, and I got hypnotized three times. I went to Schick. I went to Smoke Enders. Mm-hmm. I used to chew the nicotine gum and smoke at the same time. I did acupuncture. I did everything I could to make the urge to smoke go away. Okay, wait. You chewed. You know we what? only have a minute, but you chewed the nicotine gum and smoked at the same time. That just caught Absolutely. my ear. Absolutely. Really? Absolutely. Was it like a double yeah. high, or what did that do? <sighs> Made me sick, but yeah. Oh. Double the point. I've got on the clients poison. who come to me. They're wearing the patch. They're chewing nicotine gum, and they're smoking at the same time. Oh, everybody needs to call Rocky Rosen. Everyone who can, if you want to stop smoking or wish you didn't smoke, no, as he puts it, Army. as you put it. If that's you fantastic. wish you did, not if you want to stop. If Nobody wants to stop. Right, right. If you wish you could stop. Thank you for correcting. If you wish you could stop smoking, this is the number. Let's throw out that number one more time before we stop and go to break for my next guest. Rocky, what's your phone number one more time? 818-961-6978. Thank you so much for being here today. You've been in education, and it's an honor, honestly, what you do. You're saving lives every day, and I'm just delighted that you made the time. So thank you for being here. Thank you, Tim. We're going to break. Thank you, Rocky. We're going to break, and we'll be back with Gretchen Bonaducci. So I'll speak with the rest of you in just a minute. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. 
Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Get motivated. Hear about success stories and positive encouragement. The Voice America Empowerment Channel is the home of the world's top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success experts. Listen to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are tuned in to The Real Deal with Danielle Delaney. If you'd like to connect with Danielle, feel free to send an email to therealdealwithdanielle at gmail.com. That's therealdealwithdanielle at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the second part of my show. And my second guest today is talented and tenacious and fiery and charismatic. And she is the one and only Gretchen Bonaducci. She has proven time and time again that she can overcome adversity and make her dreams come true. She was also a client of my last guest, Rocky Rosen. So we'll circle back and talk a little bit about that. But I'd like to introduce Gretchen by telling you a little bit about her. Although born in Waukegan, Illinois, Gretchen doesn't call anyone place home. She has moved around from Illinois to Germany, Wisconsin, Tennessee, and Arizona. She's the daughter of a nuclear engineer and a homemaker, and she studied travel and tourism at Lamson Business School. College in Arizona. Gretchen has held a myriad of jobs ranging from working at the Funny Farm Firm, a comedy club in Chicago, to renting out cars and booking psychics on radio stations in Phoenix. And it was at that latter job, booking psychics on a radio station, where she was set up on a blind date with her future husband, Danny Bonaducci, who was working at the local radio station, Power 92 KKFR. Gretchen managed Danny's career for 16 years and is a devoted mother to their two children, Countess Isabella, age 22, and Count Dante, age 16. I love it. And she was executive producer of two seasons of VH1's Breaking Bonaducci, which documented, documented the chaotic life of her family. And the series showed how her positive attitude and strength carried her and her children through this very difficult marriage to child actor Danny Bonaducci. Gretchen's currently working on an independent film about her brother Derek's experience in Iraq and her uncle's World War II experience, and also working on a book about your life to empower women and celebrate triumph. Gretchen, welcome. 
Welcome. Hello, hello. Speaking of uh, rat urine, it's fresh and buttery. <laughs> what was that? Oh. I said, and speaking of rat urine, it's Gretchen Bonadici. I was laughing so hard when Rocky was talking about all of the horrible things in cigarettes. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yes, exactly. I was so, so fortunate to meet Rocky through a mutual friend. And uh, mm-hmm. because I produced TV shows, that was kind of how I got to know him. Uh, he, we, we talked about trying to do maybe a TV show with helping people to quit smoking. Okay. And so I told him the best way for me to sell the show is make me quit smoking. I didn't even <laughs> want to quit smoking, to be honest. And he did. He talked me out of smoking. I couldn't believe it. How long has it been? Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't hear what you said. How long has it been since you quit smoking? Oh, my gosh. Uh, seven years, I think. Well, congratulations. Yeah, seven That's years ago. the accomplishment. I have not even had one puff in seven years. Uh, and you know and what? I'm it just shows. So it shows. You should be because seriously, you owe this man not only your life, but seriously, your band, the Fatal Eighties. I love the Fatal Eighties. You guys just had a great performance at the Grove in March, March thirty first. We killer. Did. And I enjoyed it. You know as what? You know. How can you not love the Eighties? The Eighties were the, the 80s? best time. You really need yes, to do it again really so. soon. Now that tax time is over, we need to, you need to do another show because I had so much fun. And I was thinking about this interview coming up, and I thought, how does she have this kind of energy? I mean, it's the outfits, but also the breathing. I can't keep up. I have asthma. I do the best I can. But I jumped around to the Cars songs and Pat Benatar and all these things that you cover. Not only do you have great vocals, which I'm sure that's had to have improved since stopping smoking, but the energy. That, I mean, you can't possibly keep up on stage like that. You're singing live. So, I mean, did it affect that a lot? So much. And I think that was, even though, like I said, I really did not want to quit smoking, mm-hmm. um, I was getting a lot of sinus infections. And I was thinking to myself, I'm finally doing this thing that I love to do so much. And I formed this band, and mm-hmm. we were playing a lot. And I was so worried all the time about getting sick. And I knew because of the smoking that I was going to jeopardize the one thing that I loved so much was playing in my band. And mm. so, you know, it was it was very helpful. I really don't think that I could have done it had he not helped me quit smoke, uh, smoking, rather. I mean, you, you yeah. when you commit to a date, you know what I mean? You have to be healthy. And I've yeah. been so lucky that I've never had to cancel a show. But I'm sure if I had continued to smoke, I would not have been that lucky. I'm sure I would have had to cancel shows. Um, so, yeah, smoking modeling really this for your children. You know, I mean, it's just such a good thing that you've been able to stop. I'm impressed. I'm really impressed. Impressed by the yeah, ladies, impressed easy. by the band, and by you quitting for all these years. It's, I'm impressed. It's amazing. It's really quite an accomplishment. Well, I think that, uh, you know, the one thing you really do have is your health. And um, if that starts to go south, you know, your whole quality of life yeah. just goes down. And mm. I think smoking is just such a terrible thing. And, and I, I hope everyone would quit because, uh, and, and believe me, I miss going on a plane <laughs> and lighting up. That was the best. Like, I totally miss not being able to smoke on a plane. <laughs> I think uh, you know, it's been a while. Yeah. I know it was a while ago, but when you know I was like a teenager, late teens, 
early twenties, you could still smoke on a plane. I remember I was seventeen and went to Australia, and they stuck me in the smoking section with my asthma. I was very dramatic, and you know, make sure they moved me, and they moved me. But I had to be very, very dramatic. But I just remember being enclosed with that much smoke was really not going to work for me. But yeah, there was still smoking on planes when I was in college. I was seventeen. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And uh, now I can't stand it. Like I cannot even going into a restaurant stand when people are smoking around me or the smell on people's clothes. It just totally is repulsive. And I think once you have a few years behind you of not mm-hmm. smoking, it just kind of triggers where it, it just is so unappealing. You know, it's just, How about it's your kids? Good. How about Countess Isabella and Count Dante, ages 22 and 16? I mean, this is seven years ago. How did it affect them at, say... You know, it, it, I'd say nine, ten. I'm trying to do math really fast. <laughs> they were young. How did it affect them? Did they dislike it and say, "Thank God you don't smoke anymore, Mom"? Or like, what did they say? You know, we we really tried to confine it um, either to outside or in a room, so we weren't smoking around the kids. And I never allowed smoking in the car because mm-hmm. that's just terrible. You know, but you know, it lingers like on your smoking. clothes or in your beautiful hair. You have so much hair; it's beautiful. I mean, it lingers. <laughs> Did they have anything to say? Like, did they notice? Uh, you know, not too much. My daughter, unfortunately, is a smoker now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know, I hate that she smokes. I'm always trying to encourage her not to do it. And, uh, you know, my son's only, he'll be 16 in a couple of days. And mm-hmm. thank goodness he's not a smoker. And I don't see him going down that road. But okay, I think good. I read somewhere that, uh, Russia was going to outlaw smoking entirely by like wow. 2030 or something like that. Wow. Well, you know, we're heard in 125 countries. We have like 4 million listeners. So they're going to hear you right now, possibly. Yes. So it's, I, uh, I think it's not a bad thing. I mean, I love freedom and everybody being able to do what they want, but some things I think are just so bad for you that. You know, it, it would be good to make it more difficult. For, oh, I, for I have loved ones I'd love to protect from it. I would love to protect certain people in my life from it who do smoke. And it, it's like Rocky says, they have to wish they didn't smoke. They have to wish that before they can really make that difference. Otherwise, it's not your fault, my fault, his fault, or anyone else's. It's just they have to wish that they didn't. It has to be something that they want to stop doing. Now, let me ask you a little bit. Well, the band, we have to get back to that because I'm really into the band. But, um, but the Fatal yeah. 80s is amazing. First of all, how can people go to listen to the Fatal 80s who weren't lucky like I was to go to the Grove? How about like, when, where are the next shows or when can they, um, where can they look you up? Uh, I think the best way to keep track of my shows is uh, on Facebook. We have a, a, a page called The Fatal 80s. And then on Twitter, I'm Singer, A-N-K-H, Singer. And then, of course, Gretchen Bonaduce at Facebook.com. Um, I always post all of the shows there. And we've been so lucky. We have played some just incredible shows. I mean, we've opened for Flock of Seagulls, <laughs> Missing Persons. Love and it. that's a pretty... I know, a pretty big deal for a cover band. It is a pretty uh, big deal. The crowd really went wild. I mean, they know who you are, and you have name recognition there, so that's awesome. But you're also very, very talented. And then the the songs. I mean, those are some of my favorite songs. The 80s is really the best decade. It just takes me back. And the fact that you can sing cars like Gary Newman and the sound, that your musicians are amazing in your band. The sound is so good. No. as good as when I crank it in the car. I'm so lucky to play with amazing people. One of my guys plays in Survivor, my keyboard player. Wow. Uh, my guitar player plays in Puddle of Mud. 
My drummer was in Lords of Altamont. So I have incredible musicians, and that is really, I think, the biggest reason why we get so many great shows, because I am playing with such talented, talented people. Yes, you are. Um, and, you know, I, I agree with you that 80s was definitely the best era for music. And, oh, you know, so unfortunately, I can't really write a song very well. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I just, you know, take other people's great songs. and You and do a great job of it. It's worth it. It takes us back. You know, it takes us back to that moment. So it doesn't even matter. It's just so much more exciting, I think, to get to hear it again and hear it differently, you know, just slightly differently. It's fun to watch you sing Pat Benatar. It's fun to do. And that's an undertaking. So I thought, this person used to smoke. That's incredible. So you're doing yes. a great job. Now, Many tell me years. a little bit about your script, about your family, two members who served in the military, about that and your book. I want to hear a little bit about both of those. Well, um, as you know, I produce shows in Hollywood. Um, I executive produced Breaking Bonnet and for two seasons. Wow. And then we had another show called I Know My Kids the Next Child Star, which I executive produced on as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the third show that I ended up doing was it was so funny, you would have laughed so hard. <laughs> it was kind of a lot of D listers and it was called Give Me My Reality Show. I remember that. Yes, well, D-listers were vying to win our own show. So we had to shoot, you know, whatever we thought uh, was a good representation of what we wanted to do. Uh And then America voted. And I, not a million years, thought that I could win because (laughs) I just didn't think, you know, I don't have an American Idol fan base or a Baywatch fan base. And Kato Kalin was on the show. Uh, uh, Love Kato. I know Kato. He's great. Yep. He is great. Uh, Susan Olsen, who was Cindy Brady, mm-hmm. she was on the show. And uh, they did it like the election. It was uh, the first year that Obama was voted into office. Uh-huh. And so, you know, they brought us out and then they would light <laughs> up the map on how many states you took. Well, I knew that you only had to have one person to vote from a state for the state to light up. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, apparently I was the only person that got a vote in every state. So I'm thinking, oh, how nice, like one person in each state voted for me, never dreaming that I was going to win the show. You know, if nothing else proves that you have appeal for your fans, that proves it beyond any doubt whatsoever. You've also been on Oprah and Phil Donahue and The Big Idea with Downey Deutsch and 20 Greatest Celebrity Moments. I mean, you've been on a bunch of things. You really have done a lot of work. I- I've been so fortunate to have the opportunities that I've had and, um, you know, to be on with Oprah, who was so wonderful, and it was the mm-hmm. first time I'd ever been on TV, so can you imagine? Being was on it Oprah really? Was Oprah was your serious? first time being on TV, being on Oprah? <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. That would be, that would freak me out if it was the first time I was on TV. That's a big one. Well, it definitely was quite uh, terrifying to be, you know, on there. And it was during the era of the ex-child star gone wrong. Uh-huh. So, you know, on top of being on Oprah, it was for that reason where my ex-husband had been in trouble. So, you know, we were kind of on the hot seat there. <laughs> I can imagine. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was a, a, a little bit scary, but she was so gracious and wonderful. And As always, uh, yes, yeah. Yes. I'm just so lucky that I have been able to experience working with a lot of uh, uh, just great people. And and so I have this incredible family who my brother mm-hmm. served in um, Iraq, and he sent two tours, and my uncle was in World War II. And mm-hmm. so I have been working on a script about both of them. They both served in the same um, 
uh, it's called the Big Red One, and it's stationed, they were stationed out of Germany. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of taking their stories and, and writing about it. And so that's been an undertaking that I've been working on. And I have two other um, mm-hmm. shows with production companies. And so, you know, I'm, I'm just fortunate that I'm here, and I'm, I'm lucky that I have the friends and connections that I have because, when I divorced Danny, I kind of felt like no one would ever take my call again, you oh. know, because we were so intertwined in business. But you're so entertaining and, in your own right and so talented in your own right. It really, honestly, I'm surprised you even had that fear. Well, I did. And I'm sure a lot of women, when they're going through a divorce, sort of feel adrift, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh, my goodness, you know, uh, where oh, yes. is my place now? And mm-hmm. am I going to be relevant in the business that I was once relevant in mm-hmm. because you know, Danny and I were so identified with each other. And I think it all really comes down to your relationships. People were so kind to me and took my call and would take meetings. And so, you know, that was pretty lucky that, that you know, I always tried to treat everybody the same, whether you were the caterer or the director. Exactly. And in the end, it just, it just paid off. You know, it does, doesn't it? People wanted to help me. Yeah. Yeah, it's the key uh, to really acknowledge that every single person on a set or every single person on a show, every single person that's in your history, really, that gets you to where you are, they've all been instrumental and treat them all equal because they're just people that helped you. And I'm really glad that you are that way as well because it's important. It's so important and it takes you far. Yes, and you, you know, the person that's catering this week might be the head of Warner Brothers, you know, in a year or two. <laughs> right, and exactly, and why should anyone be treated as any less than any other person anyway? It's just, but not everyone thinks it's that way. Hollywood. I believe that, you believe that, and there's a lot of people yes. in Hollywood that don't feel the way we do and don't treat people the way no. that same way, so that's to your credit, too. And, and my father also served in Germany, so that's something we have in common. My father was a captain in the Army in the 60s. My sister, Lorraine, was born in Germany in 1965. So my mom and dad lived there, and they both speak German, which shocks me to this day when they speak to my German friends and they speak German. I'm like, I forgot about that because I wasn't born yeah. yet. I was born in 68 in, in L.A. So, you know, less, less exciting to be born here, but it's so interesting to have that, that history. I love that you're working on a script about it. Now, what about your book? Tell me a little more about your book. Your life is fascinating. Are you kind of done writing about the marriage and the divorce? Are you still writing this stuff? Because people want to hear it. I know they do. And then what else are you writing well, about? Like, tell me what it's about. Uh, it's kind of a process. You know, I started mm-hmm. writing it a couple of years ago. Um, uh, a year in, I'm like, okay, I'm done. I'm finished. I wrote this, and um, <laughs> I, I've said everything I need to say. And then I don't think people realize it's about a two, two-and-a-half-year process to get mm-hmm. a book actually out there. Mm-hmm. Well, I had no idea, you know. So it took a really long time to find a publisher, and I'm in negotiations with two people right now, so I'm trying to decide which way I'm going to go. Wow. Uh, but I know, like, to, to finally have people that are interested to hear what you have to say, and, you know, it was a lot of work. I was very disciplined <laughs> yeah. about sitting down every day and writing and writing and writing. And, and, you know, I didn't try to put it in an order because mm-hmm. sometimes you'll get stuck, you know? So yes, I do. That's write. exactly how people get stuck. It's trying to put it in a certain order. And it doesn't work that way. Yeah, it doesn't. So I just wrote and wrote and wrote. And then um, once I had several chapters, I, you know, tried to put it into an order, which then my writing coach broke up and said, no, we're not going to do this in order. (laughs) (laughs) That's how you get writer's uh, block. Seriously, that's how people get writer's block. 
You're absolutely right. I know. I was not going to let that happen. I was going to write and write, and even if it was bad, just keep writing, you know. Right, just get it out. Yeah, that there would eventually be enough that was good enough, you know, like if they had to cut this story or that story, because, you know, and not everything you think is going to be interesting to people is going to be interesting to them. And so, you know, having professional people take a look at it and decide... So, so I started writing, I would say, I guess about three years ago, mm-hmm. and then uh, it's taking me, yeah, this long to try to find someone that wanted to put it out, and uh, I've had a few offers, and then I've just been trying to figure out what I wanted to do and how I wanted to do it, and who was going to give me the most control, because that's right. the other thing, you know? Well, your history is interesting, and you need to have some control of it, but your history is so interesting, I think it'll, it'll do very well. Well, I'm glad that they got it. That that was the thing when you hand it over to someone, you hope that when they're reading it, mm-hmm. that they understand the way you want it to come off. And, mm-hmm. you know, when they called me and said, okay, this is great. We're going to couch this as a comedy book. I'm like, oh, my God, awesome, you got me, you know, because you don't know <laughs> if they're going to read and go, wow, this is bad, and you're so not funny, you know. So, so I was very happy that I accomplished what I wanted because I didn't want to put out, you know, a complainy, complainy person book. Right, you know, right. There's enough of that. Positive. have enough of that. <laughs> yeah. I, I want it to be positive and, you know, showing people that even though you may have bad times in your life, everybody does, and you can make it what you want it to be, you know. And, and so uh, I'm just so grateful that I have two really great companies that mm-hmm. want to do it, and, and I'll just figure out, you know, probably in the next week or two which publisher I'm going to go with, and then um, it'll be out there, you know, as far as they'll start laying the groundwork to put it out. But it'll probably be at least at least a year before it gets actually out sure. there. 2018 for sure. And between that and writing the script about your family members and the military and the band, you have so much going on, Gretchen, and I'm just glad that you made time for me. And I just had a book come out in February, which is called... Expect Delays, How to Reclaim Your Life, Light, and Soul After Trauma. And I mentioned it at the top of the show, but I wanted to mention it again because you can find it at expectdelaysbook.com or you can just people can go to my website, which is daniellelaneycounseling.com or for the show, people can email me at therealdealwithdanielle, therealdealwithdanielle at gmail.com. I have way too many emails. <laughs> so it's hard to remember all of them. But um, I wow. had the same, similar experience, you know, writing and trying to write things in sequence of this is when the trauma happened to me. This is the, demo- the d- demolition of my life, with the, which the first chapter is called demolition of the trauma. And then it goes to merge, to when you merge with, with your experiences and, and come through the other side. But it was really, it was a labor wow. of love to write it. Thank you. That- and you, you get Sounds it. You get it. Amazing. Yes, I have got to get a copy of your book. Because it's out there. It's I at Barnes & Noble. Benefit yes. from the, I'll make from sure you get one advice. because it's at Barnes & Noble. It's, at, it's on Amazon. It's, it's all over. So just expectdelaysbook.com. People can find it there. But I'll make sure you get one today. And also, I will you buy my make own sure. copy. And you I will make sure that I go somewhere where it counts. <laughs> oh, I love that. Thank you. And I really, really <laughs> want you on the bestseller. What's that? So we have to get you on the bestseller list. That's 100% the goal. 100% the goal. So I'd want everybody to check it out. And similarly, we have that in common as well, that it's, you know, I didn't want it to just be complaining. It does tell my story of the trauma I went through and, 
you know, kidnap and rape and assault are never fun, but it talks about... Oh, my how, God. How, yeah, I know, I know. It talks about all of the, um, all of the things, that, the roadblocks you encounter trying to heal, and that people really are doing their best trying to help. And so some of it's kind of funny because I'm talking about comments people made, things people said, therapists I went to that it just wasn't going to work out, and how I got into yeah. my line of work of, of helping people through trauma and through life transitions and, and reclaiming their spirit and their soul because if they've stolen that, they've taken everything. And you know, going through trauma yourself, it's, it's, if your traumatic experiences take over, it, it, it's one, you know, it's taking your power from you. I think both my book as well mm-hmm. as your upcoming book, and they're both things that empower people and that let them know that, I mean, I say I am living proof every day, every day that it can be done, you know, that you can live through anything and survive and thrive and just keep moving. And you don't need oh a lobotomy. Your book sounds amazing. I Thank have to you. Get it. I, I had no idea. Thank you. Uh, the things that you were just talking about that you, you know, had gone through that. It's, I know. It's, it's interesting. I talk about it sometimes on the show and then I think... I talked about that last week. I don't want to be talking about this every single week, but it's, it's one of those things that if I don't bring it up, then people don't know that I truly know whereof I speak with trauma in the book. Yeah. Has, it has pictures. It has everything. It's got the whole, it's got the real deal, just like this show. It's the real deal. But I just, um, I think that your experiences as well, I can't wait to read your book because that should be on the bestseller list too. And then we'll go to have book signings together. You'll come to some of mine. I'll go yes. to some of yours. Because How it's much really important. <laughs> yeah, oh, we'll, we'll, so much fun. I don't know if, if the world can handle it if we go on a book tour together, but it's going to be fun. We'll have a good time. And I really think that, uh, you know, the positivity of getting that message out there that we can go through so many things and still have radio shows and a band and a book and a, and a, a career as a crisis interventionist and all the things I do and all the things you do and to watch you bounce around on stage, it's a joy. And you're so talented and that you've been through a lot too. You know, we have different traumas and different experiences, but you've been through a lot, and I don't have two kids, so I didn't have to quit smoking either, which sounds really hard. So you've, you've come through a lot, Gretchen, and I think you deserve every bit of recognition and credit that you're getting. You really do. Well, I just cannot wait to read your book because now I'm thinking uh, my book can't hold a candle at your book. <laughs> oh, don't even think that. Don't even think It'll that. It'll be right bad. there. It'll be, be right there next <laughs> It'll be neck and neck. You've gone through well, you've been on. Oh, all, you've goodness. been on already. We'll compare notes when I'm on. I'm, I, I hope and pray that would be great. <laughs> that would be great. Yes, I will well, listen for you as be- well. Before we wrap up, will you give out your websites and things again, your Facebook page for Fatal 80s, it's 80S, right? Not the word, it's Fatal 80s, the 80. Uh, yes, the Fatal 80s at Facebook. Okay. Oh, wait, no, that would be at it would be, uh, Facebook.com, right. Uh, right, Fatal right, 80s. right. Um, and then uh, I think we have a Twitter, but I never use it, but it's probably <laughs> Fatal 80s. <laughs> I'm not very good at uh, keeping up on these sorts of things, although I am on my Facebook all the time. So Perfect. Uh, write me, and uh, I respond to everyone. It's actually me. So Perfect. Not, yeah, well, and that's that the most I important place to go to, to your Facebook or to Fatal yeah. 80s. And for me, I have an Instagram, which is Danny Delaney. Uh, what is it? It's it's God. It's so hard to remember. At Danny Delaney, <laughs> and my 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 Twitter is at it's Danny Delaney, and then of course there's DanielleDelaneyCounseling.com in order to really reach me and you know schedule appointments or what have you. So thank you, Gretchen, for being here. I couldn't appreciate it more, and I look forward to seeing you perform some more and reading your book and everything else. And just thank you for joining me. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I uh, am honored that, that you would 
actually have me on your your show and uh, and I'm really looking forward to reading your book actually I'm, well, I'm we'll excited both, about it we'll trade I'll make sure you get one today we will everyone thank you so much and until next time do well and be well take care Thanks for joining us this week. Be sure to catch The Real Deal with Danielle Delaney live every Tuesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We can't wait for you to see what's in store next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.